The chief executive, Mrs. Carrie Lam, said that unprecedented steps are required to tackle what is an unprecedented challenge for the city, with businesses across all sectors affected by the crisis in one way or another. So Hong Kong has announced a fresh stimulus package valued at about 18 billion US dollars to support businesses devastated by the COVID-19 outbreak. My name is Marcy Trent Long. This is Season 8, COVID-19 with HKU. Hong Kong's economy contracted 1.2% in 2019, the first annual recession since the 2009 financial crisis. And the economy this year, well, it's not looking so good. With social distancing guidelines and quarantine measures on incoming tourists, small and medium-sized businesses are really struggling. How is the government going to support these businesses? And will their stimulus program ensure low-income citizens have a path to recovery? What are some of the ways that Hong Kong should be preparing to reopen the economy now that cases are so low? My name is Hei Wai Tang. I joined Hong Kong U Faculty of Business and Economics in July 2019. Before coming back to Hong Kong, I was a professor at Johns Hopkins University of School of Advanced International Studies for about seven years. Returning to Hong Kong after a long stint abroad has given Dr. Tang numerous insights into how Hong Kong can manage the economic recovery from this coronavirus pandemic. To start, I asked him about the recent government stimulus packages, and he said, So before I answer this question, um, I would like to zoom out a little bit and think about the entire global situation. Uh, the current coronavirus pandemic is a once-in-a-lifetime crisis. No one was expecting that. No one was prepared for that. Neither policymakers or individuals have ever thought about the possibility that we are getting into this strategy in 2020. Okay, so with that in mind, how is the Hong Kong government responding? So, you know, talking about the size of the fiscal stimulus coming from Hong Kong, uh, the number amounted to around 10% of Hong Kong's GDP. And that percentage is comparable to other advanced economies' fiscal stimulus, such as the U.S. So in terms of size, I think it's a pretty good size. I think the Hong Kong government could have acted faster for the stimulus. Um, the good thing about the Hong Kong government is uh, it has accumulated uh, quite a substantial amount of reserve thanks to multiple years of fiscal surplus. Uh, so therefore, compared to many other countries, the Hong Kong government has enough fiscal space to be more aggressive. In February, the government announced a $120 billion relief package in the financial secretary's budget. It targeted uh, not only individuals and businesses that are affected by the coronavirus, but it's actually trying to uh, reduce the size of the recession, which essentially started right after the protests uh, at the end of last year. Um, and, you know, the hallmark ingredients of that package is the 10,000 Hong Kong dollars that is given to every single Hong Kong citizen. And then on April 8th, an additional stimulus package worth $137.5 billion was also announced. Most of it is obviously trying to save jobs and businesses that are affected by the current coronavirus. And, you know, those industries that got hit the hardest, obviously, are those that are directly affected by social distancing. 
such as the restaurant industry, the tourism industry. As part of these stimulus packages, the government will guarantee up to $4 million of bank loans each for small and medium enterprises, or SMEs. So what the Hong Kong government has done so far is uh, to be essentially a co-signer of the loan. So the argument is, you know, if the SME decided to default the loan, then, you know, the bank can go to the government and ask for the payback. But the bank still has to have the liquidity in order to lend them uh, to the SMEs in the first place. As everyone suffers economically during the pandemic, it is not clear whether the banking system has that liquidity specifically for SMEs. You also seem to be concerned about the wealth inequality that might result from the government stimulus programs. Is that right? Why do I say that? Uh, I still remember what has happened uh, in the 10 years after the previous global financial crisis. You see economic indicators going up, you see financial market uh, prices skyrocketing, but you don't see job growth at all, right? Uh, so what I'm worried about after the pandemic is you see uh, financial markets continue to go up, but you don't see solid and robust sustainable economic growth that can benefit the lower end of the income distribution. Is there anything else the Hong Kong government should be considering in their stimulus program to improve wealth equality here? You know, this place is characterized with very high inequality, partly because, you know, those who had houses were able to uh, enjoy the dividends coming from the appreciation of the housing prices, given the shortage of housing supply and the money coming from abroad, uh, I'm pretty sure that the house and equity prices will continue to increase, and this will remain the long-term social and economic issue uh, for Hong Kong, which the Hong Kong government should be more focused on. A key issue facing the Hong Kong government now is how to open back up the economy. There's a pull and tug between listening to health officials' warnings and heeding the concerns of the economists. So economists have studied the statistical value of lives for many years. Roughly speaking, on average, each additional life was valued by an average individual at the price of 8 to 10 million US dollars, depending on which country you're talking about, depending on what assumptions you put in. Right? So you know, this is a huge number. And if you think about you know, what we are doing around the world to save lives, then you know, the immediate answer is what we are taking in terms of economic losses may not be as bad as we thought. So as COVID-19 new cases decrease, what happens next? Turning to Hong Kong, they need to start running some experiments. So, you know, do we have to wait for a period when there is no case of new infections for two weeks? Because, you know, you give the society a control experiment. Uh, to see whether there will be a second wave of infections. If there is one, then you, know, you can self-correct itself very quickly. If there's not, then you can push on to the next stage. So when I think about that, you know, schools would be the place where you can do that, right? I'm not talking about kindergarten when kids may not be able to follow orders. But the thing about secondary schools, universities, right? I mean, you ask them to wear masks, they will. You ask them to sit away from others, they will. Maybe the potential risk. But I think, you know, with the low number of new cases, uh, in Hong Kong that we have seen, you know, some steps can be taken into that direction. But in order to make these kinds of decisions, you need economic data. And that's something Dr. Tang says Hong Kong is woefully short of. So if you look at the mainland Chinese government and the U.S. government, and they have been making a lot of decisions based on data. 
thanks to all those big data companies, you know, Google in the U.S., for example, and Baidu in China. But we don't have a corresponding big data provider in Hong Kong. But you know, without the data, we cannot do the simulation and identify the juncture that I mentioned. So therefore, we have to use real-world experiments, which is what I suggested. Right, like open some schools to see what would happen, and you have seen places doing that with uh, potentially high cost, right? Singapore. Uh, so this is the moment for us to think about the data policy in Hong Kong. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, without the data, I, I would say you know maybe we just have to pay a high economic cost based on the guidance and suggestions of our medical colleagues here. Uh, then uh, you know we have to wait for. A moment uh, that, in my opinion, will be way beyond uh, the critical point uh, in terms of balancing the costs and benefits. Trying to strike the right balance between our health and our wealth is not easy. But now that Hong Kong is experiencing days with no COVID-19 new cases, is it time to open back up schools and the economy? And as the government opens back up, we hope that the stimulus packages will be implemented to shore up low-income residents and small business owners. And all of this policymaking takes research, data, analysis. The medical sector has been an excellent advisor to the government during this coronavirus pandemic. But with more open economic data, maybe professors like Dr. Tang at HKU's business school can also become better contributing advisors to the Hong Kong government during these unforeseen global crises, like the coronavirus pandemic. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll be back soon.